have our Bible reading, which this morning is from John chapter 9, verses 1 through to 41. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbours and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened? They demanded. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner do such miraculous signs? So they were divided. Finally, they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. The Jews still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the, par the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it? but now he can see. We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now, or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for already the Jews had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Christ would, we, would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, he is of age, ask him. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already and you did not listen. 
Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple. We are the disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. Is this, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Father, we want to thank you for your word. We do pray that as we consider your word now, that you would be enlightening the darkness of our hearts, that uh, we would see Jesus and we would see him clearly and we would respond to him with appropriate humility and faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What are the things which cause a person to be blind? I'm not talking about physical blindness. I'm talking about uh, being blind to things that are true. What causes that kind of blindness? Pride can make us blind, can't it? I mean, uh, it's the very nature of pride because when we are proud, it's very hard to admit when we're wrong, even though everyone else around us can see uh, that that is the case. But it's not just pride which blinds us. Sometimes we just don't like to face the truth, do we? Because the truth is uncomfortable. Uh, if I take the truth seriously, then I might need to change the way that I think. Or even worse, I may need to change the way that I live. And so we choose to be blind towards the truth. Uh, it's easier that way. Life is more comfortable if we can stay within our comfort zones and we can ignore reality. In a similar way, people can be blind to spiritual truths. And that's an issue which uh, Jesus encountered and it's encountered in our passage today, which is John chapter 9, where we are introduced to a man who is blind. And I'm talking about blind in the physical sense. He could not see with his eyes. His eyes did not work. 
Uh, if you've got your Bibles in front of you, in John chapter 9, we see this in verses 1 and 2, where we're told that uh, as Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, why were the disciples interested in this man? Were they excited about the possibility that uh, this man could be healed by Jesus? No, not really. Uh, they had a theological question about him. Why was he blind? Uh, the Bible teaches that sickness and suffering uh, entered into our world as a result of sin, as a result of man's rebellion against God. But some Jews took this a step further. They said that sickness or suffering in someone's life was always a direct result of a specific sin which that person had committed. And uh, it reminds us a little bit of Job's friends, doesn't it, in the Old Testament. But here's the dilemma, uh, that this man was actually born blind. And so what's going on? Uh, who, who sinned here? Why was, he, uh, why was he born this way? Did this man sin whilst he was still in the mother's womb, that he would be born blind? And that was a, an issue that some Jews, some rabbis had actually thought of, uh, that it would be possible for someone to sin whilst inside the womb. And uh, they cited uh, Jacob and Esau um, jostling with one another uh, inside Rebecca's womb uh, as an example of that. Uh, did he sin inside the womb? Or uh, was it because his parents had sinned? Uh, for example, when a uh, pregnant woman um, worshipped a pagan idol, it was considered that the baby inside her womb participated in that idolatry, was a participant. And so that's their question. Who sinned and caused this man to be born blind? Now, in verse 3, Jesus is pretty is devastatingly clear on this matter. They are completely off track. They are completely wrong in their understanding of sin and humanity. And Jesus says, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Something big is about to happen. The work of God was about to be displayed in this man. In verse 6, uh, Jesus spat on the ground, he made some mud, and he rubbed the, man, rubbed, rubbed the mud in the man's eyes. Uh, your version said that he spit on the ground. Did you notice that? Uh, that's not bad grammar, that's American grammar. Okay, it's bad grammar. Uh, he's, he read it as he, read it as he spat uh, on the ground and he made some mud and he rubbed the man's eyes. And he told him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. The man obeyed Jesus and he went off and he washed in the pool of Siloam and then he came home seeing. Can you imagine that? I don't think we can imagine it really, can we? 
what, what, what has happened here. Uh, imagine what it would be like if your whole life, if everything that you'd ever known was just complete darkness, you had never seen anything and suddenly you can see. It's, it's hard to imagine, isn't it? I have a, a friend who worked uh, with people who were blind and he uh, told me what it's like uh, for blind people who are medically cured, medically healed. And he said they, they have a lot of learning to do, a lot of learning. For example, when they see something, they may not actually know what that thing is until they put their hands on it, until they feel it because that is how they have recognised things uh, in the past. And so, in verses 8 to 12, this man then went home. And his neighbours were confused. Uh, they didn't quite, they weren't quite sure what was going on. Some people said, isn't this the man that uh, we would sit, uh, who would sit on the street corner with his cup begging? Isn't, isn't he that man? And others would say, no, no, he couldn't be, couldn't possibly be that man. I mean, he's just someone who looks like him. Until the man spoke up and said, yes, I am that man. And he told them what Jesus had done for him. Then in verse 13, they took the man to the religious leaders, to the Pharisees. I have a friend who is completely blind um, <clears throat> he knows me by my voice by my smell uh, someone once suggested that I allow him to rub his hands uh, on, on my face and, and down my body so that he would be able to get a feel a sense as to what I'm like he has never seen me he has never seen his wife now if he were to be given his sight, I think I'd be pretty happy about that. I reckon I'd shed a tear of joy or two. It would be very, very exciting. It would be thrilling. But here, uh, the Pharisees were not into any of that emotional kind of stuff. Uh, this brought no joy whatsoever to the religious leaders. To hear that a blind man had been healed by Jesus? Well, in verse 13, when the people brought to the Pharisees the man who had been born blind, and we're told, now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. So therefore, the Pharisees asked him how he had received his sight and the man said, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and now I can see. And the Pharisees were divided in their response to this. Some of them seemed to be open to the possibility that this was something miraculous, but others had a problem for Jesus had healed the man on the Sabbath. Uh, he had made mud on the Sabbath. He had rubbed someone's eyes on the Sabbath. Uh, he had healed a man on the Sabbath. 
Uh, the Pharisees were sticklers for the law. They had calculated that in the Old Testament that there were 613 laws that uh, had to be obeyed and uh, in their tradition they had made up a whole stack of other laws, about twice as many laws that had to be obeyed and they added uh, those laws together and everything was in a nice and tidy uh, box for them. Stick within that box of laws and you'll be okay with God. The problem was that they had taken the law which says you shall not work on the Sabbath and turned it into a law which says you shall not help someone who is in need on the Sabbath. They'd forgotten about the command to love your neighbour. But there is something else which is going on here. It's not just their legalism. It's something which is also inside their hearts and that is that some of them just hated Jesus. Religion had served the Pharisees very nicely. Thank you very much. It gave them status. It gave them respect. But Jesus threatened all of that. By shining a light onto their hearts, he exposed their motives. He exposed their hypocrisy and now they have a bigger problem because standing right in front of them is a man who was blind but now he can see what are their options well they could fall on their knees and praise God couldn't they but they're proud and there is far too much of the world at stake for them in this and so in verses 18 through to 23, uh, they, they want to be sure that the man was actually healed. This is an opportunity perhaps for them to discredit the claim. So they call on his parents and they ask them, now, can you imagine how his mum and dad would have felt that their son who'd always been blind could now see? I, I can't imagine that. That, that would be extraordinary and so his parents come to the pharisees and they confirm it yes they say he is our son and yes he was born blind but they refuse to say who had healed him now i want you to check out the reason why that is the case in verse 20 uh, they said we know he is our son the parents answered answered and we know that he was born blind, but how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. And here's the reason. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had already decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. And here, friends, in this, we see the enacting of persecution of people who would follow Jesus for the first time. And so they, the Pharisees go ahead and call back the man. And what follows in verses 24 through to 34 is an extraordinary conversation, an amazing conversation showing true sight and true blindness. They tell the man that Jesus is a sinner. 
But the man refuses to be drawn into that. He, say, I, he says, I, I don't know whether he is a sinner or not. One thing I do know is that I was blind, but now I can see. And so they ask him again what Jesus did to his eyes. And he says to, him, he says to them, uh, why do you want to know? Why do you want to hear? I've already told you what Jesus uh, did to my eyes. Um, perhaps you're interested in becoming his disciples too. Is that why you're wanting me to retell the story? Is that what you're on about here? And check out their response in verse 28. Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke through Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. And the man answered, now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. Now I've got to say, you've got to hand it to this guy, don't you? This, uh, this little battler. Uh, the Pharisees, they were, they were right up there, the top rung of the social ladder uh, in Israel. And the beggar, the blind beggar, well, he was right down there on the bottom. But nothing mattered more to him. Status, prestige, his position in society, who they were, nothing mattered more to this man than this one thing, and that is that I was blind but now I can see. That's the wonderful thing that God was going to do in his life. And the Pharisees had a nice touch right at the end. This man is experiencing the most, the greatest blessing, the most profound thing that he's ever experienced in his life. His life has suddenly opened up. And what do they do? In verse 34, they accuse him of being a sinner because he was born blind and then they throw him out. The story concludes in verses 35 to 41 where Jesus uh, sought after and Jesus found this man who had been healed. And Jesus said to him in verse 35, the second part of verse 35, he said to this man, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said, You have now seen him. You have seen him. This is the first time that the man had ever seen Jesus because Jesus was not at the pool when he went and washed himself, washed his eyes. In fact, says Jesus in verse 37, he is the one speaking to you. And then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. <clears throat> Friends, the Old Testament said that there is only one person who should ever be worshipped. Who is that? That's God. And yet here and in other parts of the New Testament, Jesus allowed himself to be worshipped. Why is that? It's because of who, who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God. 
who alone is to be worshipped and praised. The religious leaders, well, they could see physically, they had eyes that worked. But when God appeared before them in the person of his son, Jesus, they were blind. So caught up in their religious tradition, so caught up in their position and their status in society, so confident of their own righteousness that they didn't really want to see Jesus or for that matter, God because Jesus is God. It's pride, isn't it? Because what is the effect that pride has upon us religiously? Pride tells me that I'm actually a good person. Uh, that I may not be perfect, but, but I'm better than others. And I'm certainly good enough for God. That's spiritual blindness. And for the proud person, Jesus is deeply, Jesus is horribly offensive. Because Jesus shines a light into and exposes the reality that I'm not good enough for God, that I am sinful, that I am deserving of judgment and worst of all, that I can't do anything about that myself. It's not just a matter of trying to be more religious or trying to be more good and tr or trying to pull myself up by my bootstraps. The gospel tells me that I'm hopeless, I'm helpless before God and that I need someone to rescue me, that I need a saviour. Proud people don't like to be rescued. They like to do it themselves because they don't understand their predicament. We need a saviour. These Pharisees, they thought that they had 20-20 vision but in verse 39, Jesus says that the reason he came into the world was, and I quote, for judgment so that the blind would see and those who see would become blind. Earlier in John's Gospel, in chapter 3, verse 17, uh, we're told that uh, Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, at least not in his first coming. But here he says that uh, he came into the world for judgment, which means that uh, the very presence of Jesus uh, evokes a reaction from people. It has to evoke an reaction. And by our reaction Jesus to Jesus, a judgment is already taking place. A sifting is already taking place. Jesus exposes the blindness of those who think that they can see. But to those who acknowledge their blindness, he gives sight. One of the uh, conditions for anyone to become a Christian is to become like that blind man. That is, to be humbled, to be stripped of all pride, to, br to be brought low, 
so that we can clearly see our need for a saviour and trust in him, cling to him. And there is hope. There is hope for everyone. You see, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, the Apostle Paul speaks about spiritual blindness and its, its cause, its source. And he says that the God of this age, that is Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. It's Satan who has blinded people. And we see this all around us, don't we? Uh, We see this with those we know and those we love, uh, whether it's pride or whether it's just people getting on with life, uh, going about the daily affairs of life, of sleeping and working and eating and playing and resting and sleeping and eating and playing, or going through the different stages of life, of being raised and uh, then getting married and having a family and uh, paying off a mortgage and then retiring and then doing all of that whilst ignoring God, being blind to the true and the deeper issues of life that we need to face. The issue of, uh, of God, the issue of eternity, the issue of who we are as, our pe- as people, the issue of our future. Do you get frustrated by that? I know I do. Sometimes I just want to shake people and say, you know, wake up, see what the reality here. And then I remember that actually that that was once me, that I too was blind to eternal realities. What we see here is therefore that there is hope for the proud. For God is in the business of humbling people. He's in the business of humbling us and and healing our blindness so that we can see. It's a spiritual matter. And that is why we should be, as Christians, always praying for our non-Christian friends that God, by his Spirit, would open their eyes that they would see Jesus. When the Pharisees confronted the man about Jesus, he said, whether Jesus is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know was that I was blind, but now I see. Sound like great words for him, don't they? And so we're actually going to be singing in a few moments um, amazing grace, but not before we pray. Let's pray, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus who is the light of life. We, we know, Heavenly Father, that his light, uh, for some, uh, are drawn to it. For others, it's like being confronted by headlights in a dark night, and stunned and exposed and want to run away from his light. Father, we pray that by your spirit that you would be working in the hearts of many people to help them to see the truth that is in Jesus, the truth of reality, the truth of eternity, to be humbled and to put their trust in him. 
We pray that for ourselves and we do so in Jesus' name. Amen.